Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Hello and welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Well, friends, we're back already again. We, uh, we felt that we owed you another episode after that long break, and that's before we drift off into the summer vacation here. So uh, here we are. Today, we have Peter Knull on the show, which was a real honor. It was recorded live at Owagelen, together with the director there, Mareta Jankowski. She's also been a guest on this program back on episode number 75. Uh, in case you don't know it, Olgelen is a really fantastic exhibition space here in Copenhagen, and uh, you can see Peter's show, which is up there, called Peter and the Danish Defense, and it's up until the 6th of August. I would suggest that you do that, because the show is quite engaging, and the uh, the premise for the show is is really incredible, which you'll get to hear about in just a moment. The only thing I need to add before we get going is that um, part of this project Peter has made has been the creation of an album of music, which he has made in collaboration with the Danish army. It's called Peter and the Danish Defense, and uh, I suggest that you check it out. There are links on the show notes for this episode. It's on all the platforms, including Spotify, so uh, you might as well confess that you've never heard an album made together with a national army before, and, uh, you know, mosey on over and listen to that. And as a bonus, after the uh, talk here, we're going to uh, include one of the tracks. It's called Goodbye, My Friend. Stick around and listen to that. It'll be at the end. Peter will also be performing these songs here live in Copenhagen on the uh, 25th and the 31st of August. So check out the links on our page for that too. Go see some music. Okay. We are off now for about four weeks, so I encourage you to use the time to check out old episodes of the program or, uh, you know, writing long screeds on social media about this program. We'll hit the ground running again in August. Until then, please have a good summer and enjoy. So hello and welcome everybody. This is the uh, first of hopefully a series of uh, live podcast recordings here at uh, Olegelen. So we're excited about that and uh, thank you for coming out in this horrible weather. Really appreciate it. I know it's hard. <laughs> um, and we're here with Peter Foskunle and Mareta Jankowski the director of Allgown and the artist with the show up right now called Peter and the Danish Defense. And uh, instead of kind of the usual format of asking about your childhood and uh, boo-hoo and why do we do what we do, we're going to talk a little bit more about the show itself. Sounds great. Uh, and, and, you know, we're just going to start with taking for granted why this show is, you know, is interesting. To me, it's incredibly interesting because of the fact that... Uh, 
defense as, as such a politicized thing, and it's always kept at an arm's length. The military is in some way uh, untouchable unless you're speaking about it in, in a newspaper or some sort of public forum, and, and the people are even less looked at. The only, the only example I can think of is Armadillo, the Danish documentary, which, which tried to go into a more nuanced look about uh, you know, what the situation is on, on many different levels. Um, and, and you had mentioned to me just earlier that you started the project, uh, you know, the start project officially started when you received permission from the Danish defense to, uh, to work with them, to go on base, to talk to people, yeah. uh, et cetera. April 14. Big day? April 14th? That was, it was a pretty big day when I received that email because uh, I, I think it was like, uh-oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, I mean, without that Here permission, it would be a completely different project. Sure. Like, if it would be a project. The project at all. is the collaboration. Right. And you always saw it as a collaboration? Yes. I try to be as in inclusive as I can. Mm. Um, and so you get permission, which I imagine, like you said, is also terrifying. Now what? Uh, yeah, because it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's a pretty complicated. Um, field it's a very touchy subject it's pretty it's very sensitive it's really difficult to understand it's super urgent it's it's uh, it's difficult so that's that's i think why i was like uh oh it's so, a minefield every you could potentially cause problems everywhere you look yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i am under i feel a huge responsibility of uh, not saying fucked up things no matter how bad you want to i really try not to i mean and i i uh, I, I will always welcome critique if i do stuff wrong because uh, i try not to but i i of course can fail and may, maybe I, uh, some parts of this project also uh is a, a problematic I mean, you can discuss that till the cows come home, essentially. But in my mind, it's as I told you earlier, it's very warm-hearted. So I don't see any um, any of the traditional critique of the military here. Um, thank you. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I try to meet people with uh, kindness and curiosity, and this is sort of what I always try. So, what happened when you got that letter? What was the next step? Oh, uh, what happened? <laughs> I think I freaked out a little bit. I think I, uh, oh, I don't remember what I did. I mean, I was, I remember where I sat actually. Yes, I had a studio at Bakersenskill. Uh, it's because like I've had, I think I've had like 10 different studios the last four years because I, I always, I'd never have money. So I'm like, some some place and then I have to leave and then I go to another place and then, but I was in this uh, I subletted a, a studio a studio and I was sitting at the desk and I I only remember just that I I I felt that it was a pretty big deal it 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 worked mm. like I mean the the how do you travel from an idea to it might come into existence right like it's a pretty well, I'm thinking also in terms of actually starting the process of going to the base. 
Yeah. You know, because there you are, you show up in a closed area and you go, hi, I'm the artist Hello. guy. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Who wants to talk to me? Exactly. Like, who's that freak alien walking around looking weird and civilian? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, what was that like then? Getting, uh, getting, you know, issues of trust and, uh, and, and... I have so many experiences about that. I have so many experiences about that. Any good examples or anecdotes? <clears throat> many. I think... How did I feel when I was, I, 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 I felt uh, frightened, I felt um, very vulnerable, I felt really stupid walking around there. And uh, I was lucky that uh, I, the people I have met down there have been so uh, welcoming and uh, showed me the, the, the sort of trust of talking to me. Um, I had, uh, specifically, I had a, a lieutenant who was my sort of contact person. So I was sitting in the administration for the first three or four times I was down there. I just had really long meetings with him where I asked him a lot of weird questions. I mean, what is war? <laughs> what is a tank? What do, you, what do you do? What do you do every day? What is it? I mean, what is it? Right. <laughs> I don't understand it. Tell right, him. Right. And uh, he has been like such an important uh, co-creator of this project. He's uh, anonymous. And he's uh, I I don't want to say his name, but he uh, the things we discussed. He he made mu much of all the important decisions. He, for instance, told me that he uh, thought that I I should have uh, three um, light towers. That was his uh, way of saying it. He. he he was like, yeah, I think you need three light towers to talk to. Hmm. So I, that's what I did, because that's what the army told me. An order. It wasn't an order. No. <laughs> but he obviously spent a lot of time and resources working exactly. with you. Exactly. And he takes, he's a photographer, so I, he, I, I was so uh, overwhelmed uh, by the idea of realizing that well, soldiers and artists, we have stuff in common, perhaps a lot, actually. Also, artistically. Isn't that weird? Logically, no, but in reality, yes, because we don't get ever here. We don't hear we don't about hear that. soldiers in no, that way. Ever. No, no. Uh, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting was that you had worked with Breaking the Silence, which is... The I've not worked for them. No, so no. Didn't you meet with them, or is there some sort of connection? They have been my, my, my model, my ideal, mm -hmm. my uh, inspiration uh, of, of trying to make um, substantial activist work. They're the only example I know of that humanizes soldiers on that, on that level, uh, and it's really well, heavy stuff. Yeah, well, I'm very proud to be uh, in, the, in the same sentence as them. Mm. I've been very proud. Yeah, well, it's a it's a huge project uh, in Israel, and uh, yeah. it's gotten a lot of attention too. They, I think, they manage. Uh, besides from being uh, really, really clever and sweet people, they manage this really uh, difficult task of uh, making uh, a, gen a generous and a productive discussion. Mm. Uh, I think us activists, we ha we we need to find. Uh, new strategies of doing protests where it's actually there is a, a optimistic sort of outcome in a way it's uh, we need we need to be productive we can't only be angry or we need to or against we need to be with our anger in a constructive and uh, yeah collaborative uh, fa fashion i think mm. and, and breaking the silence i think it's like the best symbol of that mm.
Well, this this work doesn't seem very activistic. It seems more investigative. You're 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 more coming in with an open heart and just seeing what is actually going on here. Yeah, I think it's activism for me. It's activism. Personal activism or uh... Uh, it's insisting on uh, political dialogues. I mean, I was invited on t into the parliament a couple of months ago to explain about my project. Doing, they were they wanted my input on defense politics. That's great. That's pretty activist, I think. Right, and when you ask questions like, "What can art do?" There you go. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's I'm, an I'm, I'm very up for uh, using art as a super, super literal tool. It's just a tool. Hmm. Now, how about the practical aspects? So you, you start talking to them. Had you already made a deal to have an exhibition? Did you have any idea what was going to come of this? I didn't know how to make a show, so I asked one of the soldiers to come here and help me. Here to Orgel? Yeah. So, so he was had... here, had a meeting with him. Uh, yeah, a lot of months ago, where he uh, we discussed ideas. I thought it in initially I wanted a lot of a lot of sandbags, and then he told me, Peter, you don't want to put two hundred <laughs> sandbags in here. You you won't want that in the middle of summer. And then he said, Oh, why don't you put uh, hand sanitizers here? We had a lot of hand sanitizers in the camp, and so I put hand sanitizer here. Mm. But did you apply to the traditional route? You wrote an application. Hey, I have this uh, project I'm working on. I would like to yeah. show it. I uh, was one. It was one of my friends who uh, who suggested that I do it, and then I was like, "Well, that's not going to happen. I don't. Why would they want to work with me?" And so I tried to like write uh, some thoughts, and then I was lucky to to meet and uh, work with this amazing team. Hmm. How about you, Marita? When you saw the project come in, were you immediately attracted to it, or were you like, "What? What, what do we do with this?" Or I, I was actually immediately attracted to it, but I, it may sound strange, but I also really, after reading it, I, I felt a strong urge to meet Peter in person. <laughs> um, because I, I, in, I, I was immediately attracted to the project due to that I did not feel able to sort of pin it down. Um, we get so many applications for, I guess you could say, more traditional art exhibitions. Yeah. But Peter's project was, as he's saying, it, it was part activist, part social politics, part pop record, part so many things. And, and upon reading it, I was, oh my God, how do we make an exhibition out of this? And I very often become inspired by ideas that I can't really wrap my mind around or, or so on. But but I also really had an, an urge to meet with Peter and somehow try to sense him as a person and feel whether it was a genuine project mm. because I and I'm super interested in that many people I've been speaking before the exhibition opened I've been speaking with so many people in the art world uh, who were a bit skeptical about it in the way that they all said to me well he must be joking right it must be ironic he can't be serious I mean come on he has to be super we, we, this is the art world we're all super left wing we have to be super critical of this military institution and I think I had a bit of that prejudice myself because I was really it was really important for me that it wasn't some kind of joke project or some kind of mm. so on so I met with Peter and I could sense and, and feel that he was really genuine about that 
the project. And uh, then, yeah, I, I, I became, we all became very enthusiastic about it. Mm. Can you talk, I mean, do you, do you have any kind of anecdotes more about the process of doing it? Because that, I mean, I'm also very interested in how it formally became an exhibition. Mm. How do you work with this mm. material, which is so mm. endless, you know, endless. Uh, and actually formally materialize it? Yeah. And you have several different ways of doing that in the show. But but before we get to that, a little yeah. more about the actual process of meeting these soldiers. What, yeah. what were they, you know, how did they feel about it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's for me also a little bit endless, so therefore also pretty hardcore to just pinpoint things. But I think what I always try, I try to focus, I try to be sort of disciplined about focusing. And um, I, so, sometimes I think for my own um, sake, I pin it down saying I write music with an army. And that's basically it. And that's as complicated and as simple as that at the same time. So once you have that c conception, then you're like, well, what do I want to write about? Uh, problem. Um, <laughs> for a long time, for many years, I think one and a half year, I just met with the guys and focused on making a strong relation, human relation to them. I didn't talk, uh, I didn't film them, I didn't record them, I didn't even take notes while we were talking. I really tried to be present and try to listen. And f for a long time, I, I uh, consciously didn't produce. I was, I was in the state of listening. And so we would sit, for instance, uh, one of the guys came out into uh, uh, a garden house uh, my mom has, and I had my piano out there, and we were just hanging out and uh, smoked a lot of cigarettes. And often we also drink a lot of beer. <laughs> together and then very sensitive stories appear uh, also sometimes it's not very sensitive sometimes it's like very normal stuff we have been talking about and then I then my job was to sort of be some sort of a, uh, I, I had to sort of take like a snippet and then you know, if we sit and talk together for like six hours, how many words do we say? A lot, I think. I had to like take one of them and try and recognize myself in that feeling so I can write from it. So the feelings that my, I think that my, what my experiment is, is asking the question, can I relate, can, can I relate to these experiences that I have not had? Can I, can I listen to a story about joy, loss, adrenaline, mania. Can I relate to these things? Um, and if I, if I can write from that and they feel recognized in what I produce, then some sort of uh, exchange has happened. And this is for me like the, like the essence, is its essence of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to ask questions about understanding, about language, about how we uh, meet people who are very different from ourselves, but apparently with a big overlap of shared qualities, even, you, even though you would think the exact opposite. Was it always going to be a music album? 
Yeah. Now I I don't know much about your practice, but you are uh, you 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 went to Goldsmiths. You got a visual art degree, I assume, from there. Yeah, visual art. I don't know. So yes, where does just music, art? Just art. Does music fit into that as a practice, or is that always is that like a side thing, or where does music come in to a, a practice as an artist? Mm, but I make music. I'm a singer. You've so always made music. It's always been part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's what I did since I was seven years i was in a boy boy choir mm. on big tours when i was a little boy mm. because i mean it's 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 a non-traditional uh you know uh, exhibition in a space like this yeah and uh i think it's great i think it's a fantastic document of a project but Thank it you. is it is uh a, an alternative way you know you're showing drawings there's some sculptures and then there's an album of music yep uh you know and you've performed it as well yeah, we played uh, on Friday. A really wonderful experience. And what are the so- uh, did the soldiers uh, come in to the uh, concert? One of the soldiers was here uh, two hours before the show opened. Uh, he came as a surprise and gave me a big hug and said congratulations. And I, I said, do you want to see the show? And he's like, yeah. That drawing, it's you. I was like, oh my God, it's so big. <laughs> And he brought one of his soldiers' friends as well, and then they were standing there and talking about their deployment and uh, the color blue. Immediately they noticed about the spray. Oh, this is the spray we used for marking the safe space uh, between a minefield. So immediately the first visitor, even before the show opened, was my target audience. uh, That means a lot to me. And could relate to the material. You know, I yes. don't know that color blue. There's spray painted on the floor. It says loyalty yep. in Danish. And now you're telling me that blue actually has meaning. It is yep. a material from... Yep. It's a, it's a material from the army. Hmm. But how do you formalize it? Like when you, do you, you know, deciding to make drawings, for example, what choices did you make to make them this size and what was in them? Is that a personal choice? Is that based off of the material you gathered? Is it... Uh... Why, why I made the drawings? Yeah, I mean, what I'm wondering is like how the process of turning the experience of meeting them well, the, into the drawings objects. came from an am- ambition to treat uh, drawing similarly as I treat songwriting. Mm. So for me, the these big panels of drawings they are also made uh, in a dialogue with the three participating soldiers. <clears throat> so I asked them, okay, we're going to have a show now. Um, if I should draw you, what kind of picture do you want me to draw? And then we talk about how a picture changes meaning when it gets into an art space and that maybe a picture that they would like to see me draw. Maybe it's not what they want the public to see about themselves. So all, always trying to explain them the rules of the art world that they will be sort of subjects in. Mm. Um so th- for me, the, the drawing is uh, is me trying to uh, do the same as the as I hope the music is is doing. Then there's like a really basic thing for me that the the charcoal uh, has like so many connotations, uh, and it is sort of like um, it's so pr- it's it's a primitive material. It's uh, very ruthless it's it's very quick it's very expressive for me the simplicity of that jackal stick it's like a voice or 
a text like it's so it's like some of the very prime areas of 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 sort of where where stuff starts <laughs> i think that's why i like the charcoal you and i never tried drew so big before it was really a fun thing to try because uh, you're like you have a body and one of the faces is like huge <laughs> they are enormous <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Um, you mentioned you wanted the music to do something and you wanted the drawings to do the same thing. Uh, yes. Can you articulate that a little bit more? What do you want it to do? I want it to be a, um, as a space between me and a person in a uniform. It's, it's that space in between. These things are not fully mine. They're not fully theirs. They are this third thing that we can call music or drawing they are they are they only exist through dialogue only they're only valid they only have value because of that premise mm. that i think is like concept that's the that's the conceptual part i think of my work that's sort of that's like talking about autonomy of a work like the the, the black drawing <laughs> that's a that's a piece of paper with a lot of charcoal on but it's also something else because of that premise because of the process of making it and the yeah. circumstances and i try to be uh, i try to be as a sort of a explanatory as i can mm. telling that mm. to people now you haven't mentioned any other audience aside from the soldiers you know you've been very very uh um interested in this relationship with the subjects yeah but have you thought at all about the greater public uh, I, I write pop music. It's uh, it's on the radio. It's been played in all of Denmark right now. Sure. So I am very humble about taking people's time. I think it's a really big deal, whether that be looking at a drawing or, or listening to music. Um, so yes, I I think I think a lot about my audience, mm. um, and. Um, it's a balance between setting like making something that's accessible but we don't want like we don't want i don't want to bore anyone so i hope i'm not too boring <laughs> don't we all well i mean uh, you mentioned also in passing earlier when we met uh, uh ethical concerns yeah and you were interested in that and 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 that of course uh is a door that doesn't have to be opened i don't think it's a necessary thing that you have to address but what were some of those thoughts you had about about ethical concerns about working with the military and privacy i imagine yeah. and you know i think that i i think that most people would imagine that uh talking about such sensitive things with people uh, is super problematic it's super hard how do I how do I ask? How am I present? What should I not hear? Actually, sometimes I feel like, uh oh, I think this is too much. Actually, and in situations like that, I have tried to deal with it as best as possible. Um, so, of course, there are a lot of uh, touchy things in this. Um, uh, one of my big concerns was that one of my main protagonists he was actually also in Amadillo he was not one of the main characters but he is in the film and some of the stuff he said in the film 
uh, made me really sad. Um, and this is a big motor for me in the project, what he says in that film. Amadillo is a great uh, documentary, and it shows nuances, as you said, that I think are uh, hugely important. But there was a problem afterwards because the soldiers felt exploited. And this is such an important issue. Like, how do we talk with them properly? You don't want to fuck people up, you know? And um, the specific problem was that there was a scene in which the director uh, hired a stripper and 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 uh, filmed them with this uh, in a strip situation before they went on deployment. So it portrayed young, horny men going to war, and this was a setup. That's very problematic. It's. I I don't want to say it's right or wrong, but it's just saying that this creates a lot of anger and fear from the soldiers saying like shit. We can't talk to anyone. I mean, because because artists tell stories <laughs> so the balance of of okay if i want to engage in this like how can i try and almost articulate everything i do to them to prevent if i have said something wrong we don't have the song with us i wrote for the first album i wrote 67 songs and 11 came on the album it's it's been so important to me trying my really, really, really hardest and best of being, of course, an artist. Of course, I have a huge, I have really big ambitions for, for my work. But what is important, it's the trust and compassion that I share with them. And uh, talking about ethics, he, I don't want to brag, but one of them told me that he really believed I had a good moral compass for this project. And so that made me really proud. Yeah, I was going to say, that must have felt amazing. I mean, then the, you would have some sort of marker of success yeah. for what you were hoping to do. And it also says something about my, uh, my flirting with the art world um, uh, and our funky relationship. Um, <laughs> did, they, did the art world hire a stripper for you, or what happened? <laughs> no, it says that I am... Of course, as vain as everybody else, I need attention and I uh, want to, uh, of course, be heard as a human being. But I have focused on who do I want to be heard by. And in a way, these guys, it's their validation I have been looking for, primarily. And so that was sort of my safe zone. And then all the rest of this jazz is coming after and talk, the talk and da da But sometimes I think art would be it would be beneficial if we sort of if we if we rested elsewhere and then infused art with what what we were doing in our lives. You're talking about taking it out of of a, of a context that we're so used to. Art for art's sake, it's not been my thing. I must admit. Well, that's kind of what I was digging around to with the music, too, because music is not one of the fields that has to defend its reason for existing, mm. Mm. Uh, which creates a space in which you can just you can just make it. You don't have to explain why, you know, and that's yeah. part of this multidisciplinary yeah. approach, yeah. which I really appreciate, which yeah. is like, yeah, I made music. 
Yeah, people, everyone knows what music is. Everyone yeah. knows why music is. No one's like, hey, why do yeah, we have music anyway? Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. And that must bring some freedom to your process as well. When people ask me what I do, I say I make music with, with the army. And then, like, I, I, don't tell, I don't tell people I'm an artist because I, it creates boring conversations. Like, you know. I do know, yeah. Yeah, in fact, in fact one, of the, one of the recent conversations I had with an artist, he asked me if I call myself an artist, and I said sometimes because I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, but it's pretty hardcore that we can't, we can't tell people who we are because we have to deal with it. That is that what people think then. Right, or it's shameful or do you, something. Do you paint? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I painted my apartment last year. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, we should also kind of, you had expressed an interest in, uh, in, in, in engaging with an audience yes, and questions very and much. stuff. So I kind of wanted to accelerate that process as well. Um, Please. Uh, I mean, I also, I, I did, also, I just realized as I started that I had a question for you too, which was about the, uh, uh, the, the institutional role in this project, whether you had any concerns on the ethics or presentation or any of the millions of issues that could come up but don't necessarily have to come up. It's just such a touchy subject. Um, as I said before, after I met Peter for the first time, I think most of my concerns were sort of um, settled because I could really feel also talking to Peter that it was a genuine project. And I don't have... As long as we're not breaking the law, I don't really have any problems with us showing things that are controversial or cannot be or aren't liked by everyone. So that was not my primary concern. But I think that it was about a week ago or so, I, Peter and I sat down together and I think I said to Peter, so is there anything you haven't told me then I would like to know it now? Good question. <laughs> Just in case that we would uh, be bombarded with uh, mails from angry soldiers or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not that I thought P Peter had sort of lied to me in any way, but, but it's, it's actually with, with quite a few of the shows that we've done here over the years, it's a question I've asked the artist because just if there is any subtext or anything that is problematic mm. or ethical, so then, then, well, I would just like to know what I should tell the journalists who call me or <laughs> whatever. So I think um, Peter and I looked each other in the eyes and say, hey, let's go. This is, uh, we both believed in the project. And, and from, from then on, I, yeah, I think we were all just happy about it. But and how uh, was the response? How is the response? Well, I think it's difficult to say because we open it Friday. Right. <laughs> right. So we don't like really know yet. Outside. But I think that, that at least the um the attention up so far so far has been enormous. I mean, Peter was on on the cover of uh, Politiken uh last week and uh, you for you will yeah, you've always already gotten a lot of gigs uh, based on the show here and so on. So it's quite good so far. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> And you're going to do concerts on base, right? On what? On base for the military. You're going to perform. Oh, uh, they haven't there. booked me. I thought it's, I thought I read that that was, uh, uh, was going to happen. Well, they are very welcome. That would be an interesting place to do I'm going to play at the, the National Gallery Stainless Museum mm. uh, 25th of August. And then Code Art Fair, we open the uh, fair and the 31st of August. That's the two bookings I have now. Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to put that up. Um, but let's go back to those questions. Now you, now you backed off. You said you don't want to ask those questions. Yes, I just don't want to ask myself questions. So that's too weird. 
Well, what about, I mean, were there any of them that's, uh, even just some of the ideas that came out of those questions, like what is, I'm, I'm generally interested is, in, the, yeah. in the public and what, they're, what are, the, what are people wondering. There is wondering? a question I received that I think is really good. And it's, I think, on a methodology, asking uh, is there a sort of a strategy that you've applied that you feel you could use other places? So this way of inquiry, I think it's a pretty interesting idea in these days where at least in Denmark, commissions don't work anymore. We don't, we, we don't, if we have a commission, it's being shut down. You're like, uh, well, that, what is that concept? I don't know. Do we need other ways of inquiry? Do we need other ways of talking about some of these super, super, super important and difficult things? Um, and uh, I would, I would love, I would love to do a, a record on the, the, the tax commission or, uh, uh, I think there's a lot of um, sort of institutions where you could jump in and just be curious and ask, pe uh, talk to people. Hmm. Oh, that would be wonderful, sort of Peter and the tax defense. I would. <laughs> I can see it happening. That. Peter and the taxi. I will buy that album. You have just sold one copy of that feature album. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> But I mean, it, is, it does speak to also interesting ideas about research in art, which is obviously something the art world yep. has been turning towards. Yeah, uh, very much so. Uh, you know, also the based practice. Exactly, PhDs in art. Crazy. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, do you consider you, you do consider this research, right? This project. It's my life. Would you call your life research? Try and be, try. Do you try and exist as who you are? I don't know about that, but I would. I would call. Uh, I would say a project is research based or not. I mean, I could go and make a project about the military without ever asking someone about it. As problematic as that might be, uh, that's <laughs> that would also just be a possibility. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But that's but, what know. a lot of musicians do. They write songs about the war, and they don't talk to soldiers. I imagine a lot gets written about soldiers and written, made, shot, etc. without talking to them. I have a, I had a, like a phrase once in my head, how can we, how can we, how can we, uh, how can we ask for a war to end when we don't know what the war is? Seriously today, like what is the conception of war? We have asymmetrical warfare where technology, distance, Uh, t uh, terrorism like it, it's a, a very 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 difficult uh, field to understand and I'm like how can we how can we have soldiers in a war we don't even know the premises of right. how can we win how can we win exactly that, actually that that is actually a really good argument because I think we also with training soldiers we need to train them for not having that that how do you how can you explain it that feeling of success what is the success criteria for a good soldier of course they want to win I mean, we want to win, but you have to tell them you, that's not going to happen. You're not going to have that feeling. I think some of these things <clears throat> uh, is, a, is we need new stories. And that's where art can step in, music, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what we're all trying to do here. Mm. And I'm very, very lucky. I feel so privileged that I, I'm not doing it alone. I have like uh, so many amazing people around me to work with, and that I that I learn. I learn every day. I learn. I learn. I learn. I learn. I learn. And I feel that's a super, super lucky position to be in. Mm. And you know, hats off to the military for welcoming you in. 
Exactly. As I mentioned to you earlier, the American military, I'm fairly certain, would tell you to yeah. fuck off. It's uh, that I th I think uh, I've um, I've done my um, draft my I mean Vaniplikt. Ah, you uh, yeah you, uh, uh, you what is it? conscription you, service it's the draft. What do you call doing the draft? Yeah, doing. <laughs> you did do it though. This is this is it. I think I've done enough. Congratulations, soldier. <laughs> One of the guys said that uh, yeah, now you have mud on your shoes. Welcome. Yeah. That's not inaccurate. No. My hands are dirty. <laughs> well, it's a military career for you next, I'm sure. <laughs> I would like to be a spy, actually. But I think that's not going to happen. <laughs> I think I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> a little too open-hearted for that. Well, it did say, actually, in your statement that you had tried to be a constable in England. That was my degree show work in London, yeah. Attempting to become a exactly officer. the attempt. Uh, the my main ambition was that I wanted our entire class to become uh, police officers. That you have this uh, sick concept in London, where uh, where you become a volunteer police officer who arrests people and you walk around in a uniform, and it's sort of like a volunteer thing, and you do it as a CV thing, like to get jobs. Fake it till you make it. And uh, and I think that's a, a, it was just a really interesting thing that I wanted to understand. So I went through some of the interview processes and um, was sitting there. But back then, I mean, I I really didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I I didn't know how to process what I was feeling. Hmm. I wrote a lot of poems and made some music about it, but it was really fragmented and really, I I didn't really know what what was going on inside hmm. of me. Well, here's to maturity. Yeah, old days, old fart. Well, should we open it up, please, to some questions? Please, please, please. I don't know if, if any, anyone has one. Want to <laughs> chime in here? Yes. Okay. So my question, because I have heard a lot about this project for a long time, and I'm really exciting to see it, and also very thankful to to you that you have. Um, shown kind of like the more complexity and nuanced uh, side of the military and soldiers and war and everything. I think that's really great and needed. Thank you. Um, and, um, but kind of, I was thinking, I never got to ask you where it all started mm -hmm. <laughs> because you've been immediately always kind of so engaged in, it, in the details <laughs> yeah. of everything. And yeah. I, it's a big, big um, theme. And, but because I could kind of imagine that if you're like the first the first uh, response you have to the military is kind of critical mm -hmm. um, for me at least or maybe this general kind of left left wing mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. of a military you would you would get the attention to like the sexism the homophobia and mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. the yeah violence and so on yeah. so but How did it start? Mm. Uh, it's a really good question. Um, I think uh, I have to answer that a little bit personally uh, because it start. I think it starts with my own uh, fears and my own trying to understand if uh, if I if I can share my experiences with others or if I am completely alone in the universe. <laughs> uh, because I, I have I have a lot of uh, lightness in my life and I also have a lot of darkness in my life and I, I that's that's why I am interested in 
trying to engage in other stories with other people to see if we can if we can have a sort of shared existence. And so, when did that start? <clears throat> I've all I, you know uh, always felt uh, a weird thing about communities and uh, groups of people. How, how are you in a group? How are you outside a group? Some people have very strong groups and other people are a little bit skeptical towards them. And I, I, I have both. <laughs> I love being alone. I love to go out on a bar alone. But I also loved groups. So I think this exploration with the army, it's a pretty, it's a, a, a question into grouping. It's a, a question into social relations. It's a, a codes, talking about masculinity, what what am I as a man? Is my way of being a man okay within ideal, very beautiful men? Uh, how how are the how are the nuances perceived by them, and how many of it is it my own prejudice? All of these studies, all of these questions, all of these fears, I found a place to ask them, and it's been so lucky that they welcome it. One one of the lieutenants said to me, "You just have to be yourself." I think it's a bit crazy to hear that from a, from the army telling you that. <laughs> I don't know if it was answer. Thank you. I have a question for Peter, uh, actually, and it was just to rephrase something that Peter and I were talking about the other day, actually, because I came home and I, I, I told my wife about the project, and what she immediately asked me was, so what about all the women in the army? Because I was, I, I've been noticing recently, whenever you see ads for, for, yeah, from the military wanting people to join the army, it's, it's, it's all women these days. Please notice it, that yeah. they really want yeah. women to join. And I, I couldn't really answer her, so, so Peter and yeah. I, we talked about it the other day, and you told me, well, exploring that subject would be a different project. And I was wondering whether perhaps you could elaborate a bit on that. Yeah, that's also a super good question uh, because it, it would be natural for me to look at uh, yeah, talking about masculinity, femininity, dynamics of power. Of course, uh, it's been an, il il in, an element always for me. But uh, as I also said before, I have uh, I I am and have been very overwhelmed with information. Often, like I can be overwhelmed with information just by one person telling me stuff. I start to feel all of all these crazy things, and I have to, I, I try to narrow down my impressions because I I sort of have overload if I have too much that I need to get out as well. So, w women in the army. Uh, was uh, sort of a, a theme that I, I sort of had to, in my way of focusing on something, I had to not include that, because if I do that in the future, maybe it will be something that I uh, study pretty hard and intense, and uh, and and have three more p girls to talk to, that's, but that's three. Um, there's a really interesting character in the um, in the navy uh, who's a, trend, uh, a transgender uh, captain in the Danish navy. Yeah, and I would love to do. I'd love to go on that boat. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to grab onto there. In that case, that's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's great. All right, and 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 uh, he or she is a captain. I'm not sure what the title actually is, but and a high-ranking. 
personnel. Great. Absolutely. Any other questions out there? I really, I really like the way you frame your art as activism and especially um, making it something positive, making it something accessible. I think it's very important. And it's also the way activism should be uh, presented in order to have some effect, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was very interested. Mm -hmm. So you say that the parliament invited you or was mm -hmm. it, um, it what, what, can you, I don't know if you can say this, but what, which questions did they ask you? What, what did they want to know? Yeah, I'm just. I think it's awesome that. Yeah, you spoke with. Thank you for that question. Of course, I want to share with you those anecdotes because it is pretty crazy. But uh, first, I, I really agree with you on the note on activism, because my heart is in activism. My heart is in politics. My heart is in change. My heart is in solidarity. What you often meet with activists is that they they drain themselves. How, how because if you if you if you sort of only is angry or if you if you only deal with anger, you cannot do that forever, and then you won't have change. So it's such a good point to try, 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 try. But one of my friends, I'm so proud of him. He just um, he, that's a long story. Maybe I shouldn't tell. But he wrote an amazing uh, article. Uh, a debate uh, in the uh, information uh, newspaper about uh, how we handle, how we deport uh, refugees back to um, Afghanistan. And there has been some horrible stories where uh, these refugees, that they actually uh, do, do self-harm on the plane to stop the plane. And you had a hor horrible, horrible story with a razor in a mouth uh, cutting themselves. So now we have Danish doctors on the planes And this is illegal. It's illegal to, for a doctor to uh, be present as a, 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 fo a force, as a, as a control. There, that's not a doctor's job. He, and his way of doing a protest on that, through a really informative article, well-written, that helps us all understand this better, I think is, is the clever, good activism. And so the the parliament, uh, I've I got in contact with uh, a member of parliament. I don't think I should name, maybe, maybe mention his name, but uh, he is uh, the defense warfare. Um, what the fuck is that? Spokesperson the, the, for for a party, and this party is interested in in, in creating new ways. I don't vote for that party even, but. Um, <laughs> Um, we got in contact, and I uh, I uh, told him that I had, I was an admirer of uh, the way that he he spoke because he always tries to uh, he has a really big agenda which is above politics almost which is called uh, rhetorics about how do we talk to each other as politicians what can we not say we need we need a better atmosphere guys. Um, and he's like, even the one that he's completely opposed to, he says, well, probably I will maybe share uh, many percent of shared uh, with them. Like, So I got in contact with him because of language, basically. And he was interested in the project, and so we, we met up, and then uh, different things we've done. Um, he, uh, I was asked to uh, play a concert uh, for at a veteran show in church uh, last November, And so the soldier asked me to come and play the songs, uh, did like an acoustic little gig. But what I also did was I came as an artist who know stuff about promotion, about PR. So I helped 
doing PR for that event to raise the attention on, on the veteran cause. And what I did with that was to, to uh, ask the politicians to, for help. I was like, can you help? Uh, I, I set up a meeting with those two. And then uh, there was written a really big press release from Parliament for the soldiers' event. So I try as an artist with my power to 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 put my power where I think it's good. And uh, that said, I think it's... It, I am all up for art that can actually go in and create decisions. But when I was sitting and discussing some of the things, I also feel that I, I that is another huge responsibility <laughs> to start and write stuff down that is sort of real. I mean, and I sort of backed out a little bit from some of the meetings because I think, I mean, I'd like to take a political science degree before I talk about if women should be uh, in, in forced to do army service. So so it was also too much for me. That raises a question I have, which is about uh, if you ever feel in general that art, do you ever lose heart about art being the right platform for activism? No. No, I, I, I think... Uh, no, I love music and art. Sure, but as a platform for uh, for for creating change, you know, some might argue yeah. it'd be better to be, get get that political science degree and go into um, politics. Now I understand. Yeah. Mm. Well, who fixes the status quo? I don't think you do that by going to the university necessarily. And I am not against universities, <laughs> but we also need people who are outside to work with different measures and also for different reasons. I mean, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Any other questions? Wrap it up. Last Wrap word. Mariah, do you have any uh, any points? I mean, you've been largely ignored during this. Oh, I love being ignored for once. Uh, no, just perhaps to follow up on what, what uh, Peter just said, I think something that Peter and I share perhaps is a general distrust of irony and perhaps especially a distrust mm. of irony when mm. it comes to political and social matters mm. because uh, tying into what you asked about, Ando, I think I think a lot of political art is ineffective, uh, truly, due to that it is too concerned with positioning itself within the art world, first mm -hmm. and foremost. I'm a great follower of um, the quote from the British art historian Claire Bishop with what she has named radical chic, that uh, you may want to be radical, but you may want to be chic first and foremost if you want to position yourself first and foremost. So maybe if we actually try to be and actually dare to be more radical than we try to be chic, then I think political Political art definitely has uh, the potential to change a lot of things. I think it's a lovely point to end on the distrust of irony. I really, I maybe I don't even understand irony. Maybe I, it's like, I, is it autists that don't understand irony? Like, I, it's like, <laughs> well, there's that fine line too. Sarcasm can be a beautiful thing, but irony can also be a, a powerful tool of apathy. If if art is the stuff that's the furthest away from the feelings, I don't know what the world is. I mean, come on. Well, we are. I mean, uh, the art world can be a very cold place. Yeah, you know but that's. I think that's. The, I think that has different reasons. I think that's because we have so poor or 
slash non-working conditions. It's a, we are we are anxious, all of us, we, we, and and that creates a lot of competition. It creates a lot of bitching because we're broke. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily to do with art as mm. such. That's just money, reality, survival. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think as a good way to wrap it up, it is the you know hats off to you for making a warm, open-hearted project. Thank you. Uh, I think I've said it three times now, but like warm-hearted is the thing I really do get out of this. I'm so happy. Thank you. So uh, good job. Thank you. And thanks for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me. And thank you. Thank you for your questions. Thank you. And thanks for coming, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by Cesus, and of course at the end by Peter and the Danish Defense. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our military art project of a website, undergang.net. If you like the show, we would appreciate it if you take the time to leave a review on iTunes so others can find us. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye, my friend. I miss you. Goodbye to the times that we'd share I thank you Cause there are times when I needed you so You didn't seem to care one bit Myself to hold on, even when you're not around. No, just to say that. Oh, what a horrible sound! I hate you for taking for granted everything we used to be. To a song that fits right to me